0: back to the United Podcast on your Monday. And Larry, it is a very uh, weary
1: Monday, very Manchester-like. Um, definitely no sun out today. No, it's not. It's dull and grey and boring. It almost sounds like the result United had at the weekend.
0: Well, in regards to the result, we'll fly straight in. Real quick. I think it'll be a nice quick podcast this week. The result against Chelsea and the performance against Chelsea, we've discussed that a little bit online between the two of us. I don't get the overreaction. I thought look, I was disappointed it was a draw, disappointed it wasn't f- completely free-flowing attacking football, but I thought it was more than fine. I thought Casemiro back a few weeks ago will be getting played off the pitch by teams like Brighton and Crystal Palace. We'll losing against um, Tottenham 6-1. Suddenly a, a draw against a team who were finished level with us last year and invested hundreds of millions of pounds We dominated them at home. In a game of inches, I think Mata could have scored, Cavani could have scored, Rashford could have scored a few. On another day, we could have won that game 4-5-0. or Just your thoughts on the general uh, performance and result.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I don't think it was the worst thing in the world I've ever seen. At the end of the day, as you've mentioned, Chelsea are a good football side. I think the frustration actually comes because... United had the more clearer chances of what little chances there were, and I think Chelsea were definitely there for the taking. But we also have to take into account, well, Chelsea have had their issues defensively, and I think Lampard's learned his lesson after losing three times last season that he can't go for it against us. And it was almost that cagey match where United wanted a counter, but Chelsea wouldn't let us counter. Um, in terms of United, I mean, we, you just said it. We, we've lost 6-1 against Tottenham not too long ago. So I can also understand the reservations from Ollie. And you could almost say it's a chance for his team to keep a clean sheet. Um, I understand the whole emphasis of attacking at home. But in the grand scheme of things, I think the team selection was a little bit poor. But like you say, it's, it's one game against a good football side. It's a draw. It's not like we lost. It's not like it's going to kill us come the end of the season. I've seen massive overreactions. At the end of the day, Tom, um, the season will still play out. This game will not have much of a say, I don't think.
0: We well, just mentioned it in regards to team selection. I think a lot, a lot of this podcast will sort of surround team selection moving forward to the Leipzig and the Arsenal match on the weekend. In terms Solskjaer got a lot of criticism for this team, for this game against Chelsea in, the, in regards to the way he set the team out, and he got a lot of criticism saying he played for a draw. I can't I can't agree with that because. The performance was there, and again, as I say on another day, we win that game in terms of the chances we had. I don't think it, the tactics, I thought he was spot on. I think you could definitely question the personnel. We'll get into Dan James in a bit. We'll get into Donny Van Der Beek in a bit. Maguire, towards and Zamy. I think the system worked well. We played well. I just think the personnel, we lacked a lot of quality, and I look at, I'm not sure, I'm pretty sure Tellez was injured, but I thought so much of the play sort of broke down through Luke Shaw on the left, and whether that be a combination of Luke Shaw and Dan James both on the left at the same time. I think we'll get into that, but did you, in terms of Oli's approach, did you see anything concerning with it or wrong with it, or do you think, like in my opinion, it was just the personnel just wasn't enough quality?
1: Personnel was definitely an issue. Um, I know we'll talk about some more specific players, but when you start Dan James on the left and Juan Mata on the right, they're completely different footballers. So if you look at the balance of the side, you're almost wondering what Oli actually trying to do here. Um, Because we've said one Mata would be perfect for the games where you know you're going to dominate possession, but it didn't look like United were going with that mindset or that tactic to dominate the ball. So it was an interesting one. Um, You're right about Shaw, I don't think he played well. I don't think he combined with Dan James quite well. But in terms of how United approached the game, I sort of touched on it earlier where it was clear Oli wanted to sit back and hit Chelsea on the counter. Um, Chelsea didn't obviously play that way and where you where ollie had the tactical fluidity against psg to adjust and say go to a diamond when we wanted to actually push forward and get on the ball i felt he didn't actually have that approach in this match so that's where the disappointment is i have no issue with how he started the game or what his initial plan was my issue is the lack of tactical flexibility when we perhaps should have pushed on to actually get the goal
0: probably the biggest criticism he got in regards to the team selection which I think is way over the top but we'll get into it now was Harry Maguire coming back in for Victor not for Victor Lindelof for um, Axel Tuanzabi and a lot of people said that is a disgrace Maguire shouldn't be playing Tuanzabi should be playing and he he got so much stick for it but I look at it from a sheer point of view Tuanzabi hasn't played for a year he was thrown straight into the deep end against two of the fiercest strikers you'll ever come up against in Mbappe and Neymar played extremely well for 90 minutes and we expect him to back up and play against another very good striker in Timo Werner um, a few days later for 90 minutes. And I just think it would have been a disaster. And I think those people calling for two and Xavier to start would be the first people to moan when he limps off after half an hour after being played two games in a few days.
1: Well, considering he hasn't played for, what, 10 months? Something like that. Um, I think Oli's taken the right approach here. Um, I've got no issue with and um, AB not starting um, and in saying that clearly defensively wasn't the issue in this match so again like I, I don't understand the criticism of Harry Maguire mate I think it's been over the top and the United fan base online particularly is very over the top in general um, I think Harry Maguire is one of our starting centre-backs but can I say I've criticised Victor Lindelof Heavily on this podcast in the past, I thought he was comfortably head and shoulders, um, the best player on the pitch. I thought he had an unreal performance against Chelsea.
0: Well, that was going to be my next point. We didn't write it down in our notes, but we obviously forgot to discuss, or before we went on air, our 3-2-1s. I think we'll get into our 3-2-1s now. And I completely agree with you. I thought thought you could almost toss up between Maguire and Lindelof, but I thought on the balance of play, um, Victor Lindelof, as you say, not just Man United's best player, but I thought he was the best player on the pitch.
1: Yeah, no disagreements from me. Um, you could argue, well, Chelsea's best player was Thiago Silva, so it wasn't one where the attackers really got to thrive, unfortunately, for us.
0: So I'd be definitely going Victor Lindelof for three points. Now, again, this guy didn't win any favours, especially in terms of the way he defended um, that free kick, but I thought Maguire was a shout for two points. Um, anyone else?
1: Um, are you saying for the 3 two ones or
0: Yeah, yeah 3 two ones?
1: Harry Maguire I would agree with At the end of the day we did keep a clean sheet I don't think Chelsea really threw a lot at us Um, It's a hard one It's one of those games where It's almost the opposite of PSG Where everyone was really good Whereas this one, no one was really bad It's just that no one really did anything spectacular Um, I'd have to go When
0: we looked at just you mentioned there In terms of what was highlighted in Harry Maguire's performance Was the penalty or the non-penalty decision by VAR that was one cross into the box. There was another 37 crosses which Harry Maguire s- stopped with his head.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I, look, should it have been a penalty? I, definitely. In my book, that's a penalty every day of the week. I'm not complaining, though. Um, in terms of the, to the letter of the law, he's done nothing wrong. He's kept a clean sheet. Everything that came at him, particularly from an aerial perspective, he dealt with. Um, physically, fine. Didn't get rinsed by anyone. And when you look at um, Chelsea's attack... You know, there's players there who are capable of beating Maguire when you consider the weaknesses in his game. So all in all, I think it'd be fair to say Harry Maguire gets the two points here.
0: And you just mentioned it was the type of game for defenders. It wasn't a game where any of the attackers really stood out. And you just mentioned no one sort of did anything wrong. And I think the sort of the textbook answer to that was Aaron wan I thought, again, I don't want to mean faultless as in like a 10 out of 10 performance, but did what it said on the tin.
1: Well yeah, I mean I'm choosing I mean it's hard to say the best out of a bad bunch but he probably did the most compared to the other players on the pitch. I thought when you look through the midfield um Fred and McTominay and I'm sure it's something we'll discuss as we preview the Leipzig match. Industrious but not effective. Um so I again I have to agree with you there. I think in terms of what the, what the players did right, the clean sheet is what stands out. And Aaron wan solid as always, is a tackling machine and did his job right. Didn't make any errors and I think a, a rightful owner of one point this week.
0: Alright, 3-2-1's done. Now we'll move on to someone who um, I don't think has really featured in the 3-2-1's this year but is obviously always um, top of the list in regards to talking points, Paul Pogba. Now a lot of the discussion which we'll get into in a little bit regards Donny and not playing Paul well, was missing out on the starting 11 as well. You, you, that was usually a big story, but it's not a big story now because all, all of it's been um, sort of directed at Donny Vanderbank. But just your thoughts on the latest in regards to Pogba in terms of he obviously is favouring um, McTominay and Fred at the moment.
1: I'm not too concerned by it. Um, Solskjaer came out in his post match press conference and. It's funny that he almost referenced that he almost unfairly played Pogba um, in the opening matches while starting him. So I think he's saying that he's actually happy with the impact he has had um, and he is just easing him into football. Um, I think we underestimate maybe the impact that COVID might have had on Pogba when you also take into account these guys barely had a preseason. So I think, I think Pogba's definitely a starting midfielder for United and I, I'm sure he'll start this week. Um, we'll get into it but I'm not concerned at all I think there's definitely a case for Pogba to start it's just a matter of him getting up to match sharpness
0: yeah and as I said we'll definitely get into that when we look ahead to Leipzig but a player who unfortunately we have to discuss because there's no hiding away from it Um, obviously the worst player against Chelsea was unfortunately Dan James and this has been brewing for a little bit and I just want to defend him first because we're going to criticise him a little bit but I just want to defend him first in terms of Defending obviously does come first for any team. For any manager, you do need to be solid first. And you look at those games against Palace, against Brighton, and against um, Tottenham, the chances were all conceding. They were all conceding goals, but we we'll, were we'll conceding chances every couple of minutes. Mm. Suddenly Dan James is coming against teams like Newcastle and um, Chelsea, and you can't really remember them really creating chances. I think Newcastle's only chance was the own goal in the first 30 seconds, and Chelsea didn't really create anything. I'm not putting that all down to Dan James. But I think the balance he offers the team, or offers Solskjaer in regards to a defensive shape, I think he does very well. Now, there becomes a balance where you can do well in that aspect, but you're Man United, you need to do the right thing going forward. And he just, unfortunately, just constantly... I don't even think he constantly makes mistakes going forward. He just doesn't have the quality going forward. Um, I saw one time he was dribbling and had so much space, and he just forgot to do anything. He was just dribbling, dribbling, dribbling and ran straight into the defender. And with his attributes, with the ability to go past people, it's it's just very disappointing to see.
1: I hate to say it, Tom, because I don't like being really hard on any player, particularly with what I'm about to say, but I think it's very clear he's just not a Manchester United player. If I'm being honest, I'm struggling to say he's a, you know, an, a Premier League player. He could probably do a job for all of those clubs who are fighting to stay in but i think he was where he he belonged he's a championship player at best he he just he's he's too straight um and when i say that i just mean that he he has no dynamism to his game he can't adjust on the run he's very much a straight line runner he's basically usain bolt with a slightly better touch um maybe that's a little bit harsh but if you just look at his return outside of his first month at united it's really poor um is In terms of work rate, like you said, he does everything right. But, yeah, I, I don't think you'll see Dan James much more once Martial returns to the side. I, and, in fact, once Cavani is fit, um, I, I don't think you'll see Dan James much um, any longer.
0: Look, you say that, and, and I agree. However, we, we then have a call to say, play our better players. We have better players than Dan James. Let's play them. Well, when we're playing them, we're conceding chances and again I understand it was a unique circumstance early in the season we weren't quite match fit and I understand that plays a huge part but we're conceding so many chances with our better players suddenly Dan James is in and okay the attacking side of the game might not be there but we're defensively so much more solid I'm just thinking from Solskjaer's point of view can you risk being that open in, in terms of defensive aspect
1: I don't. I take your point, but I don't think it's as clear cut as that. I, I'd, I'd look at it like he's come in against Newcastle United, where we did dominate possession. Um, and then he's come in against a, a Chelsea team who were very cagey in how they approached the match. It wasn't as if they were full throttle going for it against us where, you know, obviously they did last season. So if we look at it purely circumstantial, I'd say it's more a happy coincidence. Um, look, he definitely has a better work rate than Marcus Rashford on the winger. I don't disagree with that. But from my perspective, and I'm sure your perspective and the majority of United fans view, we'd be better off having a Marcus Rashford or an Anthony Martial on, in that wide area where they will create that quality because at the end of the day, they are going to bring you goals. So, yeah, look, nothing against Dan James. I wish him the best in his career, but I just don't think it'll be at Manchester United for much longer.
0: Well, speaking of a Man United career, which is just starting, but um, a lot of the reports are starting to say, well, it might be the beginning of the end, which I think is nonsense, but we'll get into it now in regards to Donny van Now, this is a weird one. There is so much... As I said, it's creating more headlines than Paul Pogba not playing, which is crazy when you think about it because all Paul Pogba has to do is tweet something and it's worldwide news, but suddenly this is all regarding Donny van der Beek and not playing. Just your thoughts, because I'm going to get into it a little bit. i just got not a few stats but just a few points to read out. But just your general thoughts on the use of him at the moment or is there a lack of use of him at the moment?
1: Yeah, um, you could make an argument for both. Um he should have been used more from my perspective. But look, we're not at the club every day. He looks much fit to me. He looks sharp. Um, but we, we don't know what the situation is. Um, I think his opportunity will come. I think it's just been a pure... How do I say this? It's just been unopportunistic for him or just unlucky. Um, I think midfield is clearly the position where we are highly stacked. I think he will get his share of game time. Um, I dare say potentially this as soon as this week. Um, in the Champions League and I think once he gets his opportunity he has a very good opportunity to be a mainstay of the side. Um look like we've said like you can just look at the performance of Fred and McTominay midweek against PSG. How do you drop those players? And then before that we've seen Pogba and Matic do a job in the in the number 6 position. So how do you drop them? It's a weird one with Van Der Baker. We obviously appreciate the quality on the bench, but I think it is getting to a point where he does need to get his opportunities. I think Solskjaer is aware of that, and I'm sure it will come. It's not something that's going to worry me just this point in the season. I think it's a bit early. Yeah,
0: so you and I agree, it doesn't worry me. It doesn't worry yourself, but it's seemingly worrying millions of men, and the media has just whipped up this storm and saying that he's completely been frozen out. And I look at it and I think, well, has he really been frozen out? Because the first game of the season, he came off the bench and he scored. So he's involved, he contributed. There you go, that's almost a standard debut. I don't think anyone expected him to be thrown in and started on his first ever game. Then he played a full match in the League Cup against Luton. He came off the bench against Brighton, albeit very late, but he was on the field for the winning goal, so he's involved there. He played in the League Cup win against Brighton a few days later. Um, he did come on again against Spurs, albeit a unique circumstance, but that's, that's a one-off game, that, that type of game against Spurs... Happens once every five years. and he But he did come on, he did feature. And then he was on against Newcastle um, last week and he was on for, again, the second half but he was in and evolved in all the three goals or on the pitch for the three goals. So I think this myth that he's just not playing is just nonsense. He is playing. Unfortunately, it's not sort of the, the complete minutes we do want. But as you mentioned, there's almost one player for that position at the moment. Bruno's taken it. Even Paul Pogba's missing out. So I think everyone getting sort of drawn into this frenzy that's saying Donny van der Beek has been frozen out and I think it doesn't help with people like Patrice Evra he's coming in and he's piling on as well and I think people just need to take a step back and just have a look at the bigger picture
1: I love Patrice Evra but he spoke utter nonsense on the weekend I don't even know what he was on about to, to be honest um, maybe he's had some raw chicken again but yeah, I'm with you. I think I can definitely understand some frustration, um, particularly when we in the games where we haven't gotten results, where you can say, start a Van Der But look, his opportunity will come, Tom. He's a class player. And I think once he does get that opportunity, he'll take it with both hands. I have no doubt.
0: Well, we'll get into Leipzig. And I think we might as well stay on the Donny Van Beek theme. Surely he, he does start against Leipzig, though. Surely this is the time where Solskjaer can throw him in. To a, whether you call it a must-win game A hugely important game And I think if I was the manager I would be throwing him in And probably over Bruno Fernandes Not dropping Bruno But I just think this is a chance Where you can rest Bruno for the Arsenal match And give Donny van der Beek The minutes he slash needs And slash deserves
1: I'm with you, um, and and I agree with the sentiment of replacing Bruno in the lineup. Um, I think Van can operate in the wide areas as well, and I'd like to see United explore that option. Um, much like we've used Mata, I think they're very like-minded players. So he does have that flexibility, in my opinion, and just some of the positions he's occupied for Ajax. But I digress. Um, I just it is something Solskjaer can look at. But I think yeah, I'm with you. A perfect opportunity to put him in the number ten position and focus on creating um i think leipzig will definitely go for it in terms of the way that they play Um, and what i've seen of them they're a very attacking side um won't sit back so i think he could have a very positive impact in the match albeit it won't be easy um i would like to see him come in and if he doesn't again the more the drums are going to keep beating and particularly if we don't get a result um it's the easiest time to criticize right so you think he does come in but we'll have to wait and see
0: Well, you mentioned there you don't mind him sort of playing or picking up a wide area, and obviously when he does play wide, he would drift in kind of like one matter. So, and you mentioned at the start of the podcast, having Matter and James didn't quite make sense because it almost looked like two different game plans in the one game. So I'm just thinking if you sort of did see Donny Vandervey maybe starting on the left or starting on the right, do you think that's a case for, well, if you're going to do that, you have to play a similar player, a.k.a. one matter on the other side?
1: Well, it's United at home. Um, so it's a tricky one I, I don't watch enough of Leipzig to tell you how they'll approach the match From what you can go off in the past is Leipzig do tend to go forward Regardless of the opposition, they do like to go and score goals If I'm going off that, United could make a case on going for the counter But then you're like, we're at home Probably have the better players man for man they should go for it. In saying that, Leipzig are sitting top of the Bundesliga at the moment after five games. So who knows? Um, look, it's a, it's a tricky one. I think if United want to go with the game plan of dominating possession, I think you could go. You could go um, playing both Van der Beek and Mata. You could play Mata on either side of him. I think that definitely is one for it. And I think United should keep the ball. So I'd like to see maybe one Mata on the right. And then um, if you can have Van de Beek operating in that number 10 role with hopefully, I'd say Martial probably returns to the side um, up front. I think that's quite a good attack. And I'd say, you would, would you agree with Pogba will start this match as well? So maybe a pogba Madic van der Beek midfield?
0: That, that 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 was my next point. I think the midfield tree one. What I think Oli will do, and I agree with one that I, if I was the manager, I would do, it would be Matic sitting by himself with that Pogba and Van der Beek, just almost like how Pogba and Bruno played together, but just putting Van der Beek in that role, um, maybe to give a little bit more stability. Maybe Pogba will be that further man to go forward, and I know that is Van der Beek's game. He, he likes to get forward in in the box, but I think he probably has the tendency to be a little bit more disciplined. Compared to Paul Pogba, so if I was doing a middle three, um, I I'll definitely line them up. I just hope it would be a case of Pogba being the furthest forward rather than Pogba sitting in next to Matic But you just mentioned there in regards to you expect Martial to come back in, and I think that is kind of you'd say obvious because he's obviously suspended for the league game. However, we now have the introduction of Edison Cavani, who I thought did well when he came. God, he almost scored with his first touch. And then he almost scored another one. It was a good block by Thiago Silva, I think. So he could have had a double on his debut. He did nothing wrong. It was just, As I said at the start, a game of inches. But do you think, well, are we just do we expect Martial to come in? Or is there a case where, I don't know, you could play maybe Rashford on the right, Martial on the left, Cavani up, Cavani up front?
1: I would love the prospect of that. Um, I think that's a very exciting front three. But I don't think he'll do it. I, I think... Yeah, it's a tricky one. Just because we're going to keep the ball, I, that's the only reason I don't think he'll play those three up front. Also, Cavani, is he really ready to play 90 minutes? So if he if he's not, then you think he's going to keep one of Martial or Rashford off the bench. I think what he could do is you start Cavani, play Martial off the left, maybe it's one Mata on the right, um, as we've suggested, and then you have Van de Beek, etc. I think that could work, and I think uh, while Martial clearly prefers being a striker I think he does his best work off the left even when he's when he is operating as a striker his best work is when he's coming from the left hand side centrally so I think that would work as well um could you see Solskjaer giving Rashford a rest I don't think he could but I think it would be a good opportunity just for some rotation and like you say like Martial hasn't played so he'll be sharp and ready to go and I'd like to see maybe Rashford brought off the bench but I don't think he'll do that
0: yeah, the way I see this thing with Marshall at the moment is a case of, and I think the manager a manager would also look at it in this way. Well, I think he would, would be, even if he doesn't want to play Marshall, he he would prefer this striker in this type of game. I just think given the fact that he's suspended for the weekend, and we have a player needing fitness in Cavani, it might be a good chance. Okay, Marshall won't be there on Saturday against Arsenal. We'll play him now, and then Cavani can get those minutes against Arsenal because obviously Marshall won't be there. And I think Cavani against Arsenal. I've watched Arsenal play this morning and watched their second half. And if you put a smart striker in and around their centre-backs, you're going to have a player on the pitch capable of scoring goals. Um, so I'm expecting Cavani to maybe start up front on the weekend, which obviously puts the um, tick in the box for Anthony Martial to start against Leipzig. Um, anyway, actually, we'll just go to the back end of the pitch before we um, finish. Um, Maguire and 2 and Xavi. I think it's harsh on Lindelof because i would be going Maguire in two and Zabie for this game. I'd like to see them paired up in a back four. And again, it's not a case of dropping Victor Lindelof, but that's extremely harsh on Lindelof. We've just said he's the best player on the pitch. we are giving him man of the match. Just your thoughts on our potential back four for this one?
1: I think you have to play Harry Maguire. Um, the only reason I say that is um, the striker for Leipzig, Yusuf Poulsen. He is a handful. He's... I don't know, six foot five. He's a big body. Um, and when you think of Harry Maguire's strengths, um, it's in the air, it's that physicality. Um, so, to what your point, I would drop Lindelof for this game. Not a criticism of him, I think clearly played well against Chelsea, but when you consider that physical threat, Victor Lindelof is that's his the weakness in his game. I think it is a good opportunity to say, have say a Tuanzebe there um, next to Maguire. And one because Tuanzebe can compensate for the lack of pace in Maguire, but Maguire can obviously compensate for the physical and aerial threat of Yusuf Polson. So, I think all in all, that would probably be the best and a half pa- partnership. Let me ask you though, let's go a little bit further back. Does Dean Henderson come in for this game because he hasn't played for a few weeks now, and you got to say I'm sure he's itching at the bit.
0: Yeah, uh, two or three weeks ago I would have said yes. However, the evidence suggests De Gea plays in the Champions League at the moment because that's what we saw against PSG. Now, I don't know if that was a Champions League decision by Solskjaer or just the fact that PSG is a huge game and you are going to play your biggest players. And that's why he went for De Gea, so I'm not quite sure. So if I was a betting man, I'd be saying De Gea. But again, and I'm in the De Gea camp in terms of De Gea v Henderson if you want to get into that that debate. However... Henderson still deserves minutes, so it's a hard one. I would be picking De Gea, but I think I wouldn't be shocked or wouldn't be too upset if um, Dean Henderson plays.
1: I think it would be the right call for Henderson to play. Um, De Gea's performances have lifted. Now, whether that's because Henderson's at the club or not, we don't know. That's my assumption. But I think to keep De Gea on his toes, you need to be giving Henderson minutes. Otherwise, What's the point of having that competition there if that's the cause of it, and also because we've stopped him from going out on loan? So I think it would be wrong to not give him that game time. Look, you, obviously you got two class goalkeepers there. Um, I'm with you. If I'm a betting man, I would be saying to Gea, but I hope Henderson gets an opportunity.
0: No, definitely. Um, well, looking forward to the game because now, it's, look, I said it before. It's not a must win. So I'm telling you, if you win this game, you win your first two games in the group, and, and our next two games, the third and fourth match days are against the Istanbul team from Turkey, we set ourselves up good. Because I remember when this draw was made for the Champions League, everyone was going, oh, God, this is the group of deaths. United will be have to do well to get out of it. However, we get six points here, and suddenly we're looking nice and pretty at the top of the table.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it puts us in good stead. I think they're our two biggest opponents. So if you can get six points there... Um, Assuming you can beat Istanbul in both games, yeah. Well, that would be twelve points, and that would see United definitely go through to the um to the final sixteen. So, we'll see. Um, but I think, and well, not must win. I think for United in the context of their season, I think they need to get a victory here, Tom.
0: Yeah. Not fingers crossed. Absolutely. And just about wraps up this week's podcast so speaking of that the Champions League for us here in Sydney is on Thursday morning Sydney time I think it's actually because the kickoff the clocks have changed in the UK it's actually a 7am kickoff for us which is beautiful a nice and early one no real alarm set it's not a 3.30 or 5am which is nice so um, we'll definitely be back on Thursday night Sydney time to review um, the match against Leipzig um, hopefully you enjoyed this podcast a nice quick one hopefully we gave maybe a little perspective and common sense on the Donny van der Beek issue and Maguire V2 to, to and Zabie. But, um, as always, hopefully you were subscribed in your podcast app. Um, and again, if you can leave, it only takes maybe five or 10 seconds, but it would mean the world to us if you can leave some type of rating or review on whatever your podcast app allows. And we appreciate any sort of shares, retweets, likes on any of the posts on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We truly appreciate it. Um, Good to talk to you, Larry, as always, on this rainy Monday.
1: Yeah, pleasure, mate. Before we wrap up, give me a score prediction. What, what do you see here? I think 1-0, poor Pogba. Yeah, I think it's written for a game. It's written. It's a game like him where he, you're waiting for him to step up and make an impact. I'd love to see it. Let's see.
0: No, fingers crossed, and we'll chat to you on Thursday. Cheers. Cheers.